Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Man on the Post weekend review. We're finally back from the winter break. Hang on, what? There, there wasn't a winter break? So, so what the hell have we been doing for the last couple of weeks? Um, uh, yeah, my name's Chris. Here's Dave. Hello, hello. Hello, Dave. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, not too bad. Glad to have you back, sir. Yes, we were just trying to decide when we last did this. I know, yeah. I, I thought I, I thought I'd imply there was some kind of winter break, but I think it's uh, well known that we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks. Uh, although last week, to be fair, th- there's, there's an issue with the uploads or something, so you might get to hear this uh, before the end of the season, uh, depending when Acast actually get around to sending Ross an email. Um, good Christmas then, and all that. Oh yes, very good, thank you. Yeah, enjoy all the football. There's been lo- there's been lots of it that we've missed. Yeah, there's been so much football. Um, I'm holding on to this, but I, I do think they've actually gone over the top this year i think there's been one one too many games in, in a short space of time yeah it, it was strange with it not with obviously with boxing day not being all over sky and stuff like that um but then obviously all the games were on amazon and stuff but yeah like i remember i think it was there was i remember always going to the pub on, on boxing day to watch like football and stuff like that but i think i think it was last year or the year before maybe there was one year where the there was a Boxing Day game, but then there was no weekend games because of how it fell yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But then obviously this week this week has literally made up for it. We get teams playing every two days. Like I wasn't sure how many games we should actually go through today. We could have gone through like 30, 40 games. Well, that's it. I mean, we've had, what was it? <laughs> Last weekend, obviously, we had games, then we had Boxing Day, and then this weekend. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, you know, three game weeks in a fairly short space of time. Yeah. Um, but, you know... It probably does clubs a world of good in terms of attendances and stuff at this time of year. So, I suppose, and, and and teams get to rotate their teams. I think every Premier League team uh, made multiple changes this week, as, as we'll come on to. Uh, so we might as well start off with the early game on Saturday. We're going to go straight from Saturday. We're going anything that happened previous to Saturday, we might call upon, but we're only going to focus on Saturday and Sunday's games at the moment. Uh, Brighton opened us off. Uh, hosting Bournemouth at the Amex Stadium, is it? That's the one. Uh, winning 2-0 against a um, shit Bournemouth side, <laughs> probably the best way to put it. Yes, they were awful. Um, I'm not sure they managed a shot on target in the second which, half, at least. Anyway, which, but... which I don't think is the first time this season that that's happened. No, and it's also not the first time this season that Dominic Solanke has started a game. So Yeah. Reading that what you will, but... Um, Brighton were head and shoulders a bit ahead of Bournemouth here, and uh, I thought Aaron Moy was the best player on the pitch by a country mile. Yeah, he, look, his goal was was great as well. The, yeah. the, the you know his his control and everything to, to to you know chest it down, take it around the defender and smack it in. Um, but yeah, I so say we've praised Brighton a few times this season. So saying they were better than Bournemouth, I suppose, isn't really accurate in a way because you probably expect them to be anyway. It's just Bournemouth are just really bad. And say so you made mention of. Um, of Solanke, like is it what, 47 Premier League games now without a goal? 
Yeah, I, I, was it January this this year or something when he last scored? But I can't remember. But either way, it's um, it's beyond a joke now, considering the amount they paid mm-hmm. for him. I think uh, the boy Haaland's just gone to Dortmund for about the same price. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, can, that can't be right. <laughs> it's mad, and, and this is this is a this isn't this isn't a Dominic Solanke who you know, okay, he's been bigged up uh, by by managers, by scouts, and stuff like that. This is a Dominic Solanke who backs himself. <laughs> this is this is Dominic Solanke who refused to go out on loan multiple occasions because he b- believed he was good enough to get into first a Chelsea team that had like what Drogba in it at the time, um, for Torres. Uh, Okay, Maratta and stuff like that, and then obviously a Liverpool team, which I say was it Liverpool? You see, because he seems to have been around for a long time as well. You know, but this is a Liverpool team that's you know got you know Sturridge, Aguero, not Aguero, Sturridge, Salah, uh, you know, and the likes of that. And he, he 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 genuinely thought he was good enough, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but the lack of football he got as a result, it's it's clearly not doing him any favours now. No, and he, he he hasn't really come close to scoring either. Like I know he he has the odd shot in a match, but he, he looks well and truly off the pace, despite you know mm-hmm. not carrying an injury, not being uh, anything other than unfit really. But we thought we talked about this before. But Eddie Howe spent quite a lot of money on players who haven't even come close to matching their price tags, and that sound it's, it certainly seems now that people are starting to caught on to that because Bournemouth are, are now. Stuck in a, I wouldn't say relegation scrap just yet, but the the 16th, um, they're probably looking over their shoulders rather than looking ahead, uh, and I can really see them being dragged into it uh, in the early stages of next year. Yeah, I, I was going to say like we'll stay with Solanke just for a little bit. What do you think his level is? Because I I imagine there's going to come a time. I imagine if Eddie Howe goes, which is kind of looking possible, sadly, because the Bournemouth fans are, are seeming to turn on him more and more as the weeks go on. Um, another manager potentially isn't going to pick him, but I imagine he's on a, a, fair, a decent contract. They're not going to get their money back for him. And I don't imagine another Premier League team coming in for him. No. Uh, and the problem is you get with a lot of strikers of his mould is that they'll go down and play in the Championship and they're not physically equipped to do it. But but the thing is, with Solanke and his ego and his attitude, would he go to the championship? I don't think he would. He's he's he has. I think there's been multiple statements made by people in and around him in the past that he he thinks he's too too good to play outside the top six. And no way is a top six team coming from you know it, it's like um he's like a really bad Nicholas Bentner. But Nicholas Bentner scored goals and he did take you know and he went and played for Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, you can't really help someone who has that kind of mindset because he's obviously not a top six player. Um, he doesn't look like a top sixteen player at the minute, and the way he's going on at Bournemouth. So, where does he go? Unless yeah, he, I uh, unless he goes abroad. I'm sure, yeah, that, you, I'm sure you light up the Dutch league. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not saying anything. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing. I, I imagine some Championship clubs wouldn't want to touch him because he he seems to come with an attitude. Mm-hmm. Unless he has some humbling moment where he suddenly decides, you know what, I've got I've got to wind my neck in here and and, and 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 you know and get it in. I think we mentioned in the group chat, uh, is it uh, Sinclair who was at Liverpool went nice. to Watford. Mm-hmm. He he kind of did the same. Like he he thought he was good enough to get in the Liverpool team, and then when he wasn't, somehow got a move to Watford under dubious circumstances, and thought he was good enough to play in Watford's first team. And I think last I heard he was playing for Oxford. <laughs> yes, I mean that's that's the other side of how it can end up in it. But at least he never had a 
you know a, tw a 20 million price tag on his head yeah um but no i think i think Eddie House stuck by Solanke for a long time now, um, mm -hmm. often at the expense of playing King and uh, Wilson together, which is yep. you know, undoubtedly their best partnership. So the longer they're, they're down there, there's got to come a time where he goes, you know what, I need to take this kid out the firing line. Yeah, They're missing Brooks, aren't they, as well? Bournemouth. Yes. He's their creative spark. Yeah, but to be honest, there's nothing that he can do that Harry Wilson shouldn't have been able to do. Mm -hmm. um, well, Harry Wilson's a free kick merchant, in my opinion. I, I, I don't see him do much else. No. Liverpool fans love him. He's he's the second coming to Liverpool fans, apparently. Uh, <laughs> in in the same way that like you know, you Jordan Ibes, you Rian Brewsters, and all that are and have been the, the second coming. And Solanke, Liverpool fans will say that Solanke was going to be the next big thing in football. But yeah, I, I I don't see Harry Wilson filling that filling that gap that Brooks. Does and he's due to be back soon, I think. Yeah, I think he had a bit of a setback, didn't he? But uh, he shouldn't be too far, I think. But I mean, the the biggest loss from last season has been, has been Ryan Fraser, who's just been in and out of the team with various injuries, and we've we've said it before where he hasn't signed that contract, and I wonder if that's playing a part in it. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, I think Wilson hasn't scored for was it twelve league games? They said yesterday. Yeah, so he's, that's that's the thing because this is normally a Bournemouth team that are capable of scoring goals. You know, King and Wilson generally have decent seasons, so it, it's more. But it's it's not like players like your Solanke's aren't getting chances. Like he had a chance in this game, didn't he? That he just like shanked basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing they've got going for them is that their fixture list clears up a bit now. They've played a lot of the the bigger sides in recent weeks, um, but you know they've got West Ham who will come on to with their obviously they've had their problems. Uh, Watford, Norwich, Brighton—that's their January. Like that's that's their season in a nutshell, really. Yeah. If they, um, if they lose those three games, it'd be very interesting to see how that pans out. Where do you stand with with Eddie Howe? Do you think you know? Do you think he can survive? They say oh. the fan the fans are clearly turning on him. It seems like fans are turning. Every manager though at the minute. I, I mean, we've, we. Mm. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. No one seems all that safe. Even I've seen Guardiola out. Uh, trending or possibly <laughs> possibly ironically in some cases but um i have seen some man city fans saying well you know the amount he's spent on this side how can he not get a tune out of them um mm -hmm. presumably forgetting the two titles he's just won but either way um but no i, I mean i don't think bournemouth are going to sack eddie howe I, I can never imagine that happening i think if he leaves it'd be of his own accord um mm -hmm. and I, I i i think we've said before he's he's quite comfortable there yeah. Um he seems to get a checkbook every summer. Um he he signs, you know, his, pick, his pick of Liverpool cast offs at, at will. Um so I can't see him walking away from that. Do you think he should just go straight to Southampton to buy somebody rather than going through the Liverpool system? Well, I mean that's the <laughs> that's the quick way out of it. I'm expecting Adam Lallana to rock up at the Vitality in January. Well <laughs> that, that's next on the list, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, uh, Junior Stanislas came back into a Bournemouth team after eight months out injured. Um, I suppose it's the only positive. You know, what we're talking about Bournemouth injuries and the uh, fans turning on Eddie Howe. I've seen multiple things online in the last week or so uh, blaming Eddie Howe and his training methods for the amount of injuries that Bournemouth get. Because they do seem to get a lot, and they seem to get a lot of long-term injuries and stuff like that. But I remember seeing this at Arsenal at one point under Wenger, that, you know, that when Arsenal got a lot of injuries and stuff like that, you know, but yeah, it is weird to see the fans turn on, on Eddie because 
as we've said on this, without being disrespectful, Bournemouth are a little club and they're overachieving. Oh, they are. There's no doubt about it. But, as I say, I, I don't know where they go from here because they've already done the whole, you know, let's spend our way out of trouble thing. Uh-huh. Um, they've got good players who they aren't getting any sort of tune out of at the minute. We've mentioned Wilson hasn't scored for a while. Fraser, um, with his contract situation. Uh, even, obviously, King hasn't really done much for a while, but they've got so many injuries. Um, it always makes us laugh when people start blaming Eddie Howe's training. Like, how, how do these people know? Like, it might, mm-hmm. just, might just be unlucky. Well, I say they, Bournemouth do put videos out of their training sessions um, occasionally. Like, they did that one that Eddie Howe got a lot of um, encouragement for because he was, like, like proper bigging up his players and, and being really positive with them. And, and people were like, oh, you know, this is this is what a leader should be like and stuff. It was, it was a really good video, to be fair. It, but it didn't look like he was overrunning his players or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't get it. Uh, we might as well talk about Brighton then, because, you know, they were really good. They scored their quickest ever Premier League goal, I believe. Uh, Yahakambash? Yes, the Iranian lad, we'll call yeah. him. Yeah. Um, F- third Iranian player to score in the Premier League? Could not name the other two. Uh, Dejaga from Fulham. Okay. One. But that's as far as I can go. Okay. Probably someone who played for Bolton. Bolton. Uh, Sam Aldai signed one of every nationality, didn't he? I suppose, yeah. yeah. I say it's not going to be somebody who's played for like one of your big clubs, is it, uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, good goal as well. His first goal in twenty-seven games. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a clean hit as well. Yeah, hit it really well. The whole team celebrated with him as well. Yeah, I think it was nice to see him get off the mark. Mm-hmm. He's probably going through it a bit because wasn't he yet another like top scorer in the Dutch league? Came to England and couldn't hack it, kind of guy. Sounds familiar. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I thought Brighton were were very good and considering these two came into the, into the match on exactly the same uh, points and mm-hmm. records pretty much um, Brighton was straight ahead of them yeah, everyone's favourite 6 foot 7 left back Dan Byrne smashed in a goal had it disallowed yeah he's had no luck with VAR has he isn't this the second goal he's had disallowed yeah, at least at least two maybe even three yeah. I remember he was disallowed because like, his tour was offside won the early games of the season but yeah. I didn't realise he was so tall I mean, it's the only thing I ever talk about. Yeah, say it's, it's it's weird, to, you know. And he was, I hate him. I I, I get the hate for him now, because <laughs> like, well, when we played Brighton, he was an absolute shit ass. Um, but yeah, say so Brighton. It's weird, like, like I say, these two teams had the same same amount of points and going to the game. You wouldn't believe it, would you? Looking at how we've spoke about Brighton in recent weeks and how we've spoken about Bournemouth in recent weeks, you'd, you'd think they're going in opposite directions, and they probably are now, you know, because Brighton, say Brighton, are definitely still. You know, on the up underground Potter, um, but yeah, I, I wonder where Bournemouth go from here. Um, it's very easy for them to be dragged into the bottom three now. Uh, we'll move on to the three o'clocks. Then there were a couple of three o'clocks this weekend. Uh, we'll start with, with, I suppose, the worst one of them all: Southampton entertaining Crystal Palace. Uh, Southampton fresh off two consecutive wins, uh, aiming for their third of the season after a great performance against Chelsea. Was it on Boxing Day? I think it was. It was, yeah. Yeah, they were absolutely brilliant against Chelsea. Um, but this game coming away with a one-all draw. Um, Crystal Palace's injury crisis continues. Uh, their defence is just literally anyone who's on the training ground on a Friday, isn't it now? <laughs> I, I thought that um, Riedewald had left the club possibly even years ago. But now he's like first choice left back because of the injuries. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Van Arnott's the latest player to be ruled out, isn't it? It's you know, and you can't say it's Roy Hodgson running these players too hard, can you? Because that's definitely not happening. People <laughs> get out of breath walking to the training ground. <laughs> no, I think that's just uh, bad luck, to be honest. VAR made its first appearance of the weekend uh, in this one. That oh well, actually, its first contentious one, I suppose, because obviously the, the Dan Burn goal in the Brighton game. Um, we've uh, Maya's first goal of the season being ruled out. Uh, oh, I think Zaha yeah. was ever so slightly off. Yeah, I mean, it's the same old, isn't it? Like, technically, he is offside, so, you know, if you want the technology, then it is offside, but... Oh, Dave, don't, please. No, I mean... I, I, <laughs> it's going to get worse, this conversation. I know. No, I, to- I totally agree, and this is the problem, is that <laughs> the rules are, are, are the problem, and VAR is just enforcing them, but um, it, it has sucked the fun out of everything <laughs> this weekend, and, you know, most weekends, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Danny Ings scored his 12th goal of the season I think he's like the third high scorer in the Premier League at the moment um, for the for the equaliser it was a bit of a gift uh, literally rolled the ball to him yeah he seems, he seems to score a lot of goals like this where the other team yeah, yeah. Give, give him, take pity on him and give him a chance but um, he's lethal he just doesn't miss Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely insane. You know, I think we we're, were mocking at the beginning of the season, paying twenty million pound for Danny Ings, and uh, yeah, 12, 12 goals, yeah. absolutely smashing it. I'm expecting an England call up in the new year. Well, I mean, if he doesn't get one, I mean, it's ridiculous, really. Um, <laughs> he should be at least in the squad, surely, with this sort of form. We we shall see. Gineppo uh, G- looks pretty lively again for Southampton. Uh, Southampton they're much improved in, re- in recent weeks. I said they were brilliant against Chelsea. Um, and, and you say in this game, I, I'd say they could probably consider themselves unlucky. Yeah, I mean, it seems to favour them more playing away from home uh, on the counter attack. Obviously, they were at home here and it took them a while to break down Palace, but once they got given a goal, obviously that gave them a bit, a bit of an adrenaline boost. Mm-hmm. Um, Gineppo, I'm surprised he doesn't start more games because he always, as you say, he always looks lively. Yeah, he's an impact player, though, isn't he? Very, very similar to a, a certain uh, Tro- Troy at Wolves. Yeah. He's will obviously come on to Wolves in a bit, but he's uh, got to be the most improved player of the year in terms of. He was a bit of a joke, really, at times where he was just, oh, he's just, he's just quick. He has no end product, and now he scares the shit out of what he plays against. Yeah, but say, so, um, yeah, Gineppo, I think he, I think they've got him on lo- on loan. I don't, I don't know if he was a permanent signing, but yeah, he, he looks looks really, really good. Uh, I see Southampton fans like clamouring for him to come on every weekend you know bring him on bring him on and yeah he, he caused Palace some trouble I think uh, Guaita has um, made a few decent saves in, in the last couple of weeks uh, to keep Palace in games and stuff as well considering yeah, yeah they're horrible injury uh, record he is a really good goalkeeper actually um, considering you know before that they had old Chris Packard and Hennessy in there yeah. he's, he's made a huge difference Definitely. Uh, the other three o'clock then. So Watford entertained Aston Villa at Vicarage Road. Uh, a good day for Birmingham City fan Troy Deeney, uh, scoring two goals as Villa continued their worst away record in the Premier League. Um, yeah, Villa are so open at the back, aren't they? Yeah, I, I mean, we've said this before, I was surprised how low down the table they are. I've always sort of thought they were better than they are. but mm-hmm. They started quite well, though, didn't they? That's the thing. And they played some good football. Yeah, but this result really brings it home to roost, doesn't it? Um, playing again, all right, the 1-0 down when Watford went down to 10 men, but they never really looked like getting back into it and then obviously went on to concede two more goals uh, against the Watford side that have barely won a game all season. Yeah, so Watford's home record hasn't been great. And so Villa and they got the worst, well, going into this, had the worst uh, away record in the league. Um, but 
it looks like Watford have gone back to that physical shithouse style, which you could expect from having a physical shithouse in the dugout now. Um, you know, and obviously Mariapa got sent off for two yellow cards in six minutes. Yeah. I mean, we, sh- we shouldn't really be that surprised that Watford have picked up, because not only has the manager changed again, but Deeney is their talisman. They, they've, they've always been built around yeah. him being, we- shit, being a shithouse, and we've said they, we- tr- they tried to change the, the way they were playing, and it obviously didn't mm-hmm. work. Well, you called it, didn't you? You said that Dean, you know, Dean had come back and they'd improve. Yeah, well, it's just you know that's the way they play, and we've seen teams before try and change, uh, and it usually ends up in a relegation. Now we don't know if Watford will stay up or not, but they've given themselves a hell of a chance mm-hmm. to go from I think what seven or eight points adrift at one point to now be within yeah, three yeah. points of seventeenth. It's just annoying, isn't it? Saying Nigel Pearson get credit for turning them round. I know because everything about him suggests <laughs> every, everything about him suggests he should be a bad manager. <laughs> yeah, literally everything. <laughs> like you, you know, after after the game, he's down the local knocking back points to Stella. Oh, uh, you know, and smacking people around the head in the pub. Um, but yeah, uh, prime example though of the uh, of the Watford physical play was Jack Grealish in this game. He was absolutely bullied. I think every time I saw him get the ball, he was knocked over. Uh, most notably in the build-up for the third goal, where VAR ruled it wasn't a foul. Yeah, well, that's what he gets for not wearing uh, big shin pads. I suppose, yeah, but yeah, absolutely, <laughs> just, just barged him out of the way, slid the ball through, and and you know, and uh, I think Sars goal wasn't it? Uh, Dini buying a penalty off Douglas Louise. Uh, well, I guess, but I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go into his back like that, then. Oh yeah, the, 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 um, there's no fault with it really. You know, you you, you do that, you 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 you're open to giving away a penalty. You just can't help but think if that happens anywhere else on the pitch, Dean stays on his feet. Uh, probably, yeah. But uh, he was obviously going to take the penalty if he could if he could get it. So um, it was a bit naive, really, from uh, from Douglas Louise, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Ben Foster continues to make great saves. Oh, he's so he's so good at shot stopping. Mm-hmm. Safe, safe from Wesley was really good. I've said before, if you ever want a goalkeeper to waste time, there is nobody better than Ben Foster at <laughs> running down the clock. Yeah, I said I think I think there was a moment in this game where he, he like he just rolled the ball in front of him and just stopped. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> you know, know they, were, they were like three 0 up at the time. <laughs> just like yeah, just roll it, you know, and then I'm just gonna wait until someone comes and challenges me. Uh, to kick it out, uh, but yeah, uh, Villa fans I have seen this weekend demanding that Dean Smith resign. Yeah, now I was reading; it must have been something like BBC's live text or someone's live text, anyway. And uh, there's quite a lot of people commenting, like sending comments saying, "Oh, you know, Dean Smith out of his depth. Um, he must go. Uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Doesn't know how to get the best out of this team." I'm thinking he's taking you from like, mid-table Championship club to be in the Premier League in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly normal for the playoff winners to storm the Premier League when they first come up. Yeah. Like, sur- yeah. survival should be the absolute top end of their ex- ex- expectations this season. But then are they looking at Sheffield United, who came up with them, and uh, they are being outperformed by, but then at the same matter, you could say the Norwich, who were, what, champions last yeah. season? Oh, yeah, Norwich? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rock bottom of the table. Yeah, but you know, Sheffield United didn't spend sixty, seventy million quid, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Villa did. Now, we know oh yeah, that... do, doing doing a Fulham was trending on Twitter yesterday. 
Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, at the same time, they had to buy Tyrone Mings to stand still because he was only there yeah. on loan last season. So what was he, thirty million or something? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was quite a lot of money anyway. So, um, for all they have, you know, spent a lot of money when you when you take him out of the equation. Um, Wesley looks worse by the week. See, I, I, I don't know. Like he, he looks like he's got the makings of a good player, but yeah, I don't think he's ready to be leading the line on his own. I suppose. Uh, obviously, they've lost uh, McGinn yeah. over uh, over over Christmas. He's he's out for three months of an ankle injury, which is obviously going to affect them a lot. Uh, like Henry Lansby came back into the team today for his first appearance in a while. Yeah, no one needs that in their lives. Stupid Henry Lansbury. I like Henry Lansbury. Ah, oh, I hate him. Yeah, too good for Arsenal, apparently. <clears throat> um, well, at the moment, probably. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, Villa just couldn't. You know, Villa are a team that, as we said, they've looked good at, at, in, in multiple games this season. But yeah, Watford absolutely bullied them. And if Watford are going to stick with this side, well, I don't know if it's just how they've, adap- how they've adapted to play against Villa. Um, but if you know, I think they'll, they'll do some damage. You know, Decore looked pretty good in this game, where he hasn't for a while. Yeah. But yeah, Villa were very lightweight. The, the, the thing is, they don't even look like they've got anybody on the pitch who who can throw it about a bit either. You know, they're, they're a very showy side, aren't they, Villa? They are. Yeah, they don't have a plan B as such. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how they go. But yeah, Watford unfortunately could drag themselves out of it. Uh, the other three o'clock then was your mighty Newcastle, sir. Yeah. Uh, their good home record uh, took a dent this weekend uh, with uh, Senor Ancelotti's Everton uh, coming to St. James's Park. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored twice past you, Dave. He scored past us last season as well. <laughs> and he, all, he, he tried his best to keep the second out. He did, yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard to really sum this up. Like, this is actually, we haven't played well for a lot of, for most of this run we've been on. Um, and I make I think I don't have made any bones about saying that on this on this show, but um, we actually played quite well on Saturday and lost. Um, so I guess it's karma in a way. But uh, we should have had a penalty. Two, yep, Almiram. Well, I was going to say the two-handed push on Carroll, but also the oh Al- god, yeah, yeah, the Almiram. Al- Al- we, we should have at least one pen, like you know, especially in this world of of, uh, of VAR giving pens for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to get none was a bit a bit galling, but. Um, and obviously, one of their goals came from a, a corner that was never a corner. And then I, I, I'd probably argue it probably wasn't even a free kick either. No, it wasn't. But it's, it's Lee Mason, so he's, he never, I don't think he's ever given us a decision in his life. Um, so overall, like, it's annoying, but uh, we're eleventh. It's better than it might have been. Seven points above the bottom, the bottom, uh, bottom three. Six points off fifth. It's it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. we'll mark it down to a bad day. Um, we um, had a bit of a, a shock round Boxing Day where we, we gave Man United three of their four goals. And I was mm-hmm. ki- kind of hoping we'd have a bit of a a bounce back from that, but never really materialised. Yeah, so the, I, I, I anticipated that the Boxing Day result would probably knock the wind out of you guys a bit. But um, from what I saw of this game... You know, you gave a good account of yourself. Ancelotti went very attacking with his Everton team. Uh, do you think as well? Do you think you'll always do that, or do you think this was just a kind of a needs must? I don't know because, like, when I, when I look when you look at the lineup, there, there was very little. If you guys had taken the upper hand at any point, really, I think Everton would have folded because there was no one who was going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck at all. Um, 
but I, 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 I couldn't think of any other options he could have really bought in. You know, he even started Moses Kian, who like no nobody's done this season really. <laughs> um, and he to very looked all right. You know, Dubravko made a good save from him early yeah, doors yeah. as well. You know, Dubravko made quite a few good saves in this game as usual as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a, it was interesting. I, I I don't know what Ancelotti's going to do come you know next week when the transfer window opens and he starts bringing in you know he said he doesn't want to bring in any strikers, which strikes me as really strange. Um, you know, but I imagine they're one, you know, a creative midfielder away from a decent team. But then, does he ship out one of the twenty injured midfielders he's already got? I just wonder if he's thought he looked at the defence and gone, "Well, attacks the best form of the defence here." Um, under Silva, it was all very pragmatic and slow, and he's probably got, tried to do the opposite of that, basically, and. Uh, Get more men forward in numbers, more men in the box. Yeah, um, yeah he bought he bought Leighton Baines back in. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that? Yeah, madness, <laughs> you know, because Dinya is done all right. He's an attacking left back as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess the problem is a lot of the team selections this time of year would have been uh, influenced by fitness more than anything. Um, yeah, 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 mate, yeah, definitely. I mean, Newcastle were the only team playing yesterday, playing within forty-eight hours of the last fixture. Mm-hmm. Which again is ridiculous. Like why? Why this match couldn't have been played on Sunday? I, I just don't know. Strange, isn't it? Well, it is considering the football league had the foresight to go. You know what? Let's move all our games from Saturday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. So they had a full program today, whereas the Premier League stuck with. Yeah, but that would have meant that Sky would have gone like twenty-four hours of a live game or something. Well, like... I mean, they could have put, they could have done it better than they did. Basically, I mean, I, I, you know, kind of rewrite the schedules now, but. I found it really funny to see um, on Soccer Saturday that you know Jeff and the guys were complaining that there were only a ha- like three three o'clockers yeah. on Saturday, and I'm like, well, hang on a minute, it's your fucking employer <laughs> that keeps moving all the games. You know, we've got a six o'clock on a Sunday night game going on for some reason that no one can watch in the UK. Um, That's what I mean. <laughs> how, can, how can Man City are playing now? Uh, off, obviously not on telly. Well, they played on Friday, though. To be fair. Ah, uh, well, there you go. You know, so they, they've gone less than 48 hours as well, I, I suppose. Well, kind of. I mean, they've gone Friday, Sunday. We've gone Thursday, Saturday. Mm. Um, I mean, Wolves had the really shitty end of the stick because they played earlier than Man City and obviously also Friday night. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is ridiculous. You know, they, I'm sure they've had games on the 30th of January before. And stuff like that, and in a way, that's better for Sky because they say this Man City game is on at the moment; it's not on telly. They could have pushed that back, shown that, and had that on telly tomorrow. I was really surprised it wasn't, to be honest. But yeah. I don't know if there's some sort of like quarter issue where they've already shown all the games they can show. That's weird. I, you know, I, I I even checked ITV4 to see if they picked just, up a game just, just somewhere. In case. <laughs> yeah, yeah you never know. Strange. Um, uh, but yeah, I say. Newcastle weren't ter- terrible. Uh, Shaw continued your tradition of scoring defenders. Yeah, it's all we have. I mean, there's been a lot made of, you know, Bruce has picked up more points than Benitez has, this kind of thing. But it comes down to Bruce plays the percentages a lot more. Like, under Rafa, we'd pass the ball around the box all day if we could. Um, that's why Mitrovic never really played that often under Benitez because he didn't want us to lump him in the box. Um, with Carroll in there, uh, the percentages there to be played, and sometimes it plays off like it did yesterday with a goal, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, games have yeah. changed with, with them coming on, um, and that's just how it goes now. 
Yeah, the, the, I say Carroll's obviously flicked the ball on for the goal, and you could tell that was something that you've obviously been working on and stuff like that. And it works because, you know, that's the sort of player, that's what Andy Carroll will give you. Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as a bad goal, as far as I'm concerned. A goal's a goal. Like, I'm I'm not precious about how we score um, as long as, you know, the results are coming. But uh, unfortunately, when you lose and, you have, and you're playing, you know, hoof and hoof, then it's a lot harder to take. But uh, for the most part, he's got the results in the first part of the season. Um mm-hmm. We've got Leicester next, so they're the type of team that causes all sorts of problems. Yeah, potentially. Uh, we might as well come on to Leicester then while we're while while we're there for the five thirties. West Ham uh, held Leicester reserves uh, over well on on Saturday night. Uh, Leicester coming away after making ten changes, coming away with a two-one win at the London Stadium, which has ultimately uh, got David Moyes back in the fray after Manuel Pellegrini was relieved of duties on that Saturday night. Uh, not too far after kickoff after. The game ended, either. It seemed to come out pretty quickly. And then the Moyes news. Obviously, it hasn't been confirmed yet, I don't think. Um, but it does seem pretty nailed on that he's going to come come in. Um, so, West Ham made seven changes. Leicester made nine. Um, but West Ham have now lost four home games in a row, uh, which obviously made David Gold think enough is enough. Bring in the Scotsman. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, losing to Leicester's second string. And, I mean, it was pretty much an entire second string as well. Yeah. I think only Johnny Evans and Cashwish Michael kept their places. Yeah. Considering Nick Iannaccio, I mean, also, that's another... Red oh, he, you said this a few times this season, but <laughs> I, I, I think he still has the record of scoring in every game he's played. Well, I mean, fair play to him, because I mean, we'd all written him off, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Man City, he was quite a good finisher. Obviously playing with much better players, but uh, he seemed to have lost his way a bit while he's been at Leicester. But no, fair play to him. Um, instinctive header. Yeah, but yeah, um, West Ham look all over the place. Uh, and to lose yet again at home, it's not really a surprise. Pellegrini's been sacked. I guess the only surprise is that they've given them all this Christmas program because I think that win at Southampton must have bought them some time. Uh, yeah, maybe when Antonio scored. Um, or was it Hala? Someone scored anyway. Um, yeah, I think that may have bought them some time because. It's always odd, isn't it, when when a manager gets sacked and the new manager is set to be appointed within, you know, a day. Yeah, they've had this obviously ready to go, haven't they? I would say so. Yeah. But yeah, West Ham were poor in this game. They were really, really poor. They were all over the place. Uh, it could have been worse. Uh, obviously, um, Fabianski made his return after being out for three, four months. I think it's been. Uh, he gave away a penalty, but then saved the penalty. Yes. Uh, you know, Jamie Vardy wasn't there, obviously, because Rebecca was giving birth to their hundredth child or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so obviously Vardy would have normally took the penalty. Uh, Gray stepped up and missed it. Uh, made up for it late on though with an absolutely fabulous. Uh, second goal. Yes, he, t- he took it well, didn't he? Um, it was very easy for uh, for oh, who was it who ran through? I remember Chowdhury played the ball through to someone, and they literally just waltzed through oh, the West Ham. Oh, I was it? Oh yeah, yeah. Perez just walked through, didn't they? Laid yeah. it on. Um, yeah, I think in that moment it was pretty obvious the players weren't exactly uh, busting a gut for old Manuel with a. Yeah, because like, Carlos Sanchez come back in for his first start of the season, I think it was. And he looks shocking. Well, every time they play him, he gets booed by his own fans. I think he, he, <laughs> okay. He bought him on in a game I was watching, and they booed him on. Like They just don't like him. I, mean, I can understand it because he's terrible. 
I don't understand how he keeps getting Premier League clubs. He, he was terrible at Villa. Yeah. I remember when he came into Villa and everyone was making a big deal out of him. Oh, this Colombian international, you know, he's he's a really good midfielder. And then he was awful. And then he rocks up at West Ham. And yeah, like, <laughs> every time I've seen him, he's been pretty shit. Yeah. And he literally walked through this game. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's really strange. He's absolutely terrible. And he kind of sums up West Ham's uh, purchasing strategy. Um, what do you make of Moyes coming back in? Um, I just think it's bizarre. Like, what? Why? I mean, he did quite a good job when he went there the first time to keep them up. Yeah. Um, but, but but he just built the team around Arnautovic, and Arnautovic did all the hard work, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine them then appointing someone else and going, you know what? Let's get him back in. It, it's weird because obviously, yeah, Moyes did a good job. He he, he got them to mid table pretty much, didn't he? When they were almost down uh, a few like eighteen months ago, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then his contract ran out, in much the same way as Sam Allardyce's contract had run out. And they were just like, you know what? Nah, we want somebody else. And now, yeah, you know that somebody else hasn't worked out, and they've they've gone back to him very much in a similar way to Watford did earlier on in the season. And um, you know, I, 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 for one, I find it strange that Moyes would take the job. Because obviously, if someone had done that to me, I I I don't think I'd be open to taking that job. Because Moyes isn't a manager. It's not like he's Alan Pardew, and he's uh, you know well obviously Alan Pardew's got a new job at the moment. Uh, but Moyes is generally linked to practically every team outside the top six anyway. I don't really know how though. Like, it seems like a it's the of... Ever- it's the Everton years, isn't it? Well, I suppose yeah, but um, he. It'd be interesting to see the length of the contract he gets. Because if, mm-hmm. if it's just the end of the season again, then I, I guess that's, that probably makes sense because they'll probably have someone else lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a couple of years on that contract, then uh, I'm sure West Ham could attract somebody better. Yeah, so Kovac has been mentioned. Uh, yeah. Probably mainly because of Sebastian Haller. He was Haller's manager previously. All right. Uh, and got him, fire, got him firing in the Bundesliga. Um, but he's, he's got a history. He's taken clubs from mid-table before, apparently, and, and you know, and, and progressed them. But then so was Moyes, I suppose. Yeah. But bearing in mind it was 20 years ago. I think the, the thing that probably stems Moyes in good uh, stead a little bit is, obviously, when he went to Man United, they didn't do him any favours. But where Man United have been since then... You know, if Man United, if he'd have left Man United and then suddenly someone else had been successful, you'd think, okay, Moyes wasn't was terrible. But Man United have struggled since he was there again, under no, far, no, far, far better managers. So I suppose that that blurs that bit of his CV. Uh, although he has been to like what Sunderland as well. Yeah, he did a great job. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, but he, you know, but he, I think he did all right with West Ham. I, 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 he did. Oh, I, I think he could consider himself unlucky not to. Have kept his job at West Ham. Yeah, and I've mentioned before that um, West Ham had a, an agreement with Rafa Benitez before he went to Real Madrid mm-hmm. at the last minute because I think it was, it was Boyhood Club and it became available. Um, and I do think he will end up managing them at some point. So the talk is Moyes till the end of the season, then Rafa yeah. after after China. I can see something like that happening. Yeah, um, which is why I'm interested to see what the length of contract will be for Moyes, but. Um, yeah, I do think Benitez will end up there. Um, so whether Moyes is just going to steady the ship for a bit or not, I don't know. But uh, I don't suppose there's any hurry to leave 12 million a year behind in China. So we'll just see what happens. But um, again, much like the uh, the Everton job, whoever gets this West Ham job, their squad's far too good to be to go down. They're not the th- you know they're, they're not in the bottom six even. I think mm-hmm. that, that, that team's f- capable of far more. 
than where it currently is. Yeah, I so, say you know they've got players like say Haller, who's you know he's done really well. Uh, Fornells, who scored their goal on 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 Saturday, you know he's a Spain under twenty one international. I think I think he's even he is, played. Yep. For the for the first team, Fabianski is regarded as one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, uh, not just outside the top six and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Leicester. So before this, they'd had consecutive defeats to Liverpool and Man City, I believe. The teams yeah. around them in the league. Yeah. Are they out of the title race? I don't think they were ever really in it. I think um, I think they, they they had a good run against a lot of average teams. Uh, which is fine. I, I think they are the third best team in the league at the moment. Um, I mean, how how easy Liverpool swatted them aside was probably with an eye opener for them. Yeah, I say it was. I wasn't expecting that result to be fair. I mean, they had Man City worried for twenty minutes when they took the lead, but mm-hmm. um, I was very disappointed with uh, with Brendan Rodgers, who I think has usually been quite astute tactically, but. He hasn't learned a thing from that Man City game where Man City just kept hitting Mares down the Leicester's left over and over and over again, uh-huh. and he gave him no help. So against Liverpool, he puts Madison out on the left wing, who's also not going to track back and help. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's just like you're not going to why marginalise your best player by putting him out there. It was just stupid, um, and obviously, what happened? Trent Alexander ran riot down that side, yeah, unopposed for uh, for ninety minutes. So, um. You know, blame tiredness, blame whatever you want, but uh, I, I thought that was really piss poor from a manager who's meant to be better than that. But yeah, as for all the plaudits he gets for his style and the way he sets his team up, he's come up against two, uh, well, the, the two big boys basically, and, and yeah. absolutely, absolutely crumbled in ways that smaller clubs haven't. Well, exactly. Really? And you know, for all the change, the entire team pretty much for this West Ham game. Why is he leaving Vardy on for ninety minutes? Uh, at 4-0 down against Liverpool. I mean, as I said, it didn't really matter because they got away with it by playing a West Ham team who were awful. But uh, mm-hmm. just things like that, it seems strange to me. But um, as I said, they've got away with it. Now they'll play us in a few days' time with an entirely rejuvenated squad, sadly. Yeah, that's the thing. I was really surprised when I saw the lineup. And stuff. I know. I know. Say so we spoke games coming thick and fast and stuff like that. And then obviously, you know, the, the Vardy thing with, with, with his, his, his wife giving birth. But you think after seeing about ten of them, you don't have to get to all of them, do you? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I honestly thought West Ham have got a chance here, and then yeah, just literally capitulated. Mm. Uh, the other 5.30 then was bottom of the table. Norwich uh, took on Tottenham Hotspur at the, uh, what's their, is it still Carrow Road? It's it not is. the Coleman's Mustard Stadium or anything stupid think, like that. Well, I think it's still Carrow Road, but we'll, you know, it's only about time before it's Delia Smith, magical, uh, <laughs> magical cook-off town or something. Yeah, um, yeah, 2-2 this one finished, thanks to a 91st minute Harry Kane penalty, I believe. Um Although this is where the VAR arguments are all going to start, I imagine. Uh, so Veranic put Norwich ahead, uh, and uh, this was great. I was I was out at a meal at this time, frantically checking my phone and ordering as much common as much as I could find in an Indian restaurant. Um, so when it came up on my phone that Norwich were two 0 up and Pukki had scored the second, I was ecstatic until a couple of seconds later when I got told it had been ruled out because his shoelace was offside. Yeah, that was insane. It, it's my it, 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 right. So we, we, this is what started us. We might as well go from here. It's it, it's gen. Oh, hang on. 
Oh, a bit of an update on the Man City situation before I forget. So Man City are currently playing and Man City took the lead thanks to a ball hitting a referee. It actually didn't hit the referee. A Sheffield United player put his foot through the referee's legs. Oh, well, that's... So I just thought I'd fire up because I'd forgotten about it by the time we get around to them. <laughs> uh, made no difference to the result, though. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this isn't what VAR is for, is it, at all? Like, this was... I, I I haven't seen a photo of this pucky offside that has made me think, oh yeah, he's offside. Yeah, I mean, the, no, we mentioned this earlier where we said, you know, the rules are the rules, offside's offside, but this is ridiculous. Like the the the, the lines are drawn. Yes, it might be offside by his armpit or whatever, but that's not what offside's all about. And it's it is killing the game. It's killing it as a sport. It's killing it for any sort of entertainment. Um, and I hate myself for agreeing with Graham Souness, but he made a very valid point earlier, which is it's so negative in that if you are slightly offside, even one percent offside is a hundred percent offside. Why not flick it and flip it round and say if you are one percent onside, you are onside. So as long as some part of your body that can score a goal is onside, it's not offside. Yeah, but when we come on to the in a bit, so the Johnny one in the Wolves game. Yeah. So the the rule is any part of your body that can score a goal, apparently. Mm-hmm. So Johnny's fingers were deemed to be offside in that. So even then, the rule is still not being applied properly. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the same game, Van Dijk handballed it for the the ball forward for. Uh, yeah. For Mane. It's um, it, it, it's shock. It's shocking that. And I know it's not the technology. I know it's the people using it. Right. But it's a video assistant referee. It's a system that's there to help the referee. So imagine, right, you go to work, right, and they say, right, Dave, we've got this system here for you, and it's going to help you at work. So if you feel that you need help with anything at work, this system is here to help you, right, and you're there working away, like doing whatever it is that you do and whatever, then suddenly something happens and this system goes, that was wrong. (laughs) That system isn't helping you. That system is telling you what to do. Surely, an assistant is there for you to, for them to say, "Oh, you might look." I think the words are, "You might want to have a look at this," or for you to go, "Oh, I'm not sure what happened there. Can we have a look at that, please?" I I don't get it. They're undermining the referees on the pitch. Well, what I don't understand as well is that, for all they've mentioned, um, pretty much every other European league use VAR better than we do. Mm-hmm. Surely they've had this even same, the MLS. Surely they've had the same problems with these offsides, but like I've never, I don't, I've never, I don't, I don't I've think once, they do. I've never once seen them drawing these fucking stupid lines yeah. to try and oh, prove, yeah. prove an offside or not. Now, I, I think we're, we're we're going beyond the pale to try and disallow goals. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it, uh, it's anti-football in my opinion. Yeah, um, they've got to find a better way of doing it. I, I, yeah. I, I know they're not going to get rid of it because, well, why would they? Um, I think once you've taken the step to have more technology, you, you, it's very hard to step back from that. But there's got to be a better way than this. But yeah, like players don't celebrate sometimes now because they know. Like I say, Aguero scored tonight. The first thing he did was turn around and look around <laughs> to see if the referee had his finger in his ear and stuff like that. And, and some of the delays are ridiculous. You're talking three, four, five minutes. Yeah. And then, there's, and, but then there's other decisions that aren't given. Like we'll come on to the Arsenal game in a bit. You know, there's so many decisions that aren't given still. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't think it's you know, and 
you know, and I, I will not for a second buy the, oh, the technology is just enforcing the rules properly that, and people don't like it. No, I'm sorry it's not. Like, show me one of these offsides that we've had. We've had multiple offsides this weekend. Show me one of them that a referee would have given. Well, this is the thing, and we're no better off, are we? Like, no? For all this, like, the odd decision gets cleared up and VR works, and that's great. There seems to be dozens more that, that are still very, very controversial. Yeah, and take, you know, and take a huge amount of time to come to these decisions. This so this pucky one. So, like, certain people on Twitter and stuff have been like, "Oh no, VAR's right. It's just they're giving the rule as the rule is written, right?" So, pretend VAR didn't exist, right? And that pucky goal would have been given offside. Everyone would be up in arms about it. So they'd still be up in arms about the goal being disallowed. Yeah, I don't think the goal would have been disallowed if VAR didn't exist because I think the referee gave it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. You know, so but if the ref if the if a linesman's flag had gone up and that goal had been disallowed, people would have crucified that linesman for that and stuff. So you can't tell me that the technology is 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 better because it, it isn't. It's, I think Sooner said it, didn't he? Said it's a, we're an entertainment business and it's taking goals away from the game. Yeah. And if this keeps happening, people are going to stop going. Oh, I feel like this this weekend has been a bit of a, a tipping point, like. Um... And there's been a few where it could have gone either way, like, but this weekend seems to be one after another. Mm. Uh, I, say, I know, I know. Every month, I think they've said every month, every four weeks, there's been a weekend where people have been up in arms about VAR. But yeah, this is this has been absolutely horrendous this weekend. Yeah. I can't think of a even the Dan Byrne one was marginal. I can't think of a decent decision that's been my VAR. No, it's a struggle, isn't it? And uh, as you say, going back to that pucky one. If this happened last season when there was no VAR, we'd look at the replay and go, "Nah, it's probably level there." Yeah, and the the the, the attacker gets the advantage. Was the rule? Yeah, well, <coughs> anyway, that's it. Though everyone went, "Yeah, it's probably level." Yeah, well, you know, happens, marginal. Yeah, fine. It, it wasn't exactly that. What that wasn't what people were complaining about beforehand. Mm-hmm. Now you know, Maradona punching the ball in—that's the type of thing we need VAR for. Yeah, 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 definitely. But for marginal offsides, I mean, either either have it or don't have it. But you know, the the Michael Keane incident in the in the Newcastle game where they, a corner was given because Keane headed it. Why aren't we using it for things like that? I know they're trying to reduce the amount of things it's been moved for, but I think it's been used for the wrong things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely shocking. What has to happen for it to change? Well, like I say, the problem is all they're doing is applying the rule at the minute. Um, so we either adopt the same practices that uh, some of the other European leagues are using to and having a greater success story with. Which the FA won't do because yeah. they're better than everybody else. Or we literally change the offside rule so that it's, so you know, it's more flexible for VAR. Yeah. Whether it be what we said before where it's like, oh, well, you know, if, if party was onside, it's fine. Or we say, well, from now on, we're going to measure offsides from the heel of your foot. And only the heel of the foot. Uh, apparently, a Premier League table has just been posted on the internet uh, showing what the table would look like without VAR. Oh, yeah. Uh, a few teams that have West Ham would be three points better off this season. Uh, oh, I, I, uh, I understand why this table has been made now. Because Liverpool would be on exactly the same amount. Oh, no. Liverpool would be two points worse off. <laughs> And stuff like that. Uh, Leicester would be five points worse off, funny enough. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, I, it 
because I think I think I know Liverpool get a lot of shit at the moment for VR decisions going their way, which we'll probably come on to shortly. So usually Liverpool fans are quick to knock something like this up uh, and stuff like that. And funny enough, the guy posting it is as a Liverpool badge in his iPhone. Um, I mean, the thing is, Liverpool like to do they they got a goal given by VAR, which would have been mm-hmm. chalked off otherwise. Yeah, he probably would have been chalked off twice. Because I think the Lallana thing would have... I don't think it was handball, the Lallana one at all. But I've seen referees give give that decision yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't... I, yeah. But, yeah, they won't go to another league and say, can you help us with this? Because, you know, they, they're like, nope, we're the best league in the world uh, and stuff like that. It's But, yeah, it's absolutely shocking. And all I see now is every goal that's scored, the opposition runs around the referee constantly. I mean, that's, that's stupid in itself, though, because once the goal goes in, the ref's not going to do anything about it. You know, you know, it leaves the field of play and goes to Stockley Park, whatever it's called. Yeah, and I don't remember the last time that I looked, you know, on like on, on a Saturday at 10 to 5, you, you you know, final score or whatever, all the scores coming at 10 to 5. There's still games going on at 5 o'clock now. <laughs> you know, yeah. seven minutes of injury time is the regular all of a sudden. Because of, because of these five minute stoppages, every time you know someone's shoelace comes undone and stuff, I, I think yeah, yeah. It's, it's as you say, I've never seen these lines before. We've had two major tournaments, probably, no, sorry, probably three major tournaments now that have used VAR, mm. and yet yeah, these lines never seen them before. Like I watched one. Uh, oh, what game was it? Was it the Arsenal game? I think it was the. It might have been the Arsenal game because I didn't watch much of the Liverpool game to be fair. But there was they were checking for it. They were checking for a handball. Right, but then suddenly the offside line started coming up on the screen, <laughs> and like, and then the, the commentator was like, "Well, I thought they were checking checking for a handball. It looks like they're checking for an offside now." But like, all these lines were being drawn, but they were being drawn in a pass where there were no players. I mean, that sums it up. Doesn't it? I was laughing at uh, the Liverpool goal because they kept replaying the ball going over the line. I was like, "What? Why? Why?" Yeah, and it was because yeah. if if the ball hadn't gone in. By the time the ref blew the whistle, the goal couldn't have stood. Because <laughs> okay. It, because it would have deemed like the ball was dead. But they they didn't roll it back to the Virgil Van Dijk bit. No, they didn't. In in the replays that I saw, they were just looking at Lallana exactly. yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, no, this this was absolutely shocking in 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 the Norwich game though, because uh, I think it'd have been a different game if Norwich had been turned up at that point. Oh, hundred percent, yeah. Uh, Christian Eriksen said goodbye to Tottenham with a free kick to bring Spurs back into it. Although you're probably there to the end of the season, I, I, I imagine. Uh, Sergio Rea did what Sergio Rea does and just walked the ball into his own net. Yeah. Uh, and then shouted at the ball by the looks of it, if I remember remember this no, rightly. It was, the, it was the ball's fault. Uh, before, yeah, Harry Kane got given a Christmas present, basically, uh, and a last-minute penalty to uh, salvage a point. On his 200th Premier League appearance, it was 136 goal. Yep. It's a good record, isn't it, it's to be fair? Bad, no, it? <laughs> yeah. Um, did you see Foyf's uh, great performance in this game? Yeah, he's... he's... Com- completely at fault for the first goal. Oh, he's so bad. <laughs> Mourinho will have him out before long. Yeah, I say, it, I say it'd be interesting to see what Mourinho does with his team because Spurs, Spurs were, were poor in this game. They, were, they, they had chances to win the game. Obviously, Ali had a goal uh, off, correctly given offside by VAR. Uh, yeah. And stuff like that. I suppose that's probably the one positive decision for this weekend. Um, but yeah, I say Spurs, they've had a few, a few results now. Uh, after doing so well against Chelsea as well. They got a lot of praise for that. Oh no, sorry. No, Chelsea turned them over, didn't they? How could I get that the wrong way around? Um, and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, after Mourinho, um, I reckon he'll 
maybe start tinkering with this team as you know if Ericsson doesn't sign a contract he's got to like shove him out of the team because that's what he does doesn't he yeah, yeah. although he brought Ndombele back in for this game yeah after, after, after totally cut them out of the team on, uh, on Boxing Day yeah, yeah, saying he, he didn't want to play and stuff like that. Literally coming out publicly and saying, yeah, I'm not going to tell you he's injured because he's going to be out there training in a second. <laughs> Which was, uh, yeah, he, he always seems to pick on somebody, doesn't he? He does. Uh, right, the uh, Saturday night football then. 7.45 on a Saturday. Uh, interesting. Uh, this was Burnley versus Man United. I'm sure many people stayed in uh, to watch this one. I didn't. Uh, so I didn't see that much of this, to be fair. Uh, Man United kept their first clean sheet in 14 games, which is a strange stat, I suppose. Uh, coming away 2-0 winners, though. Uh, Pogba out, out the team again? Yeah, I was surprised that, because he obviously came on, on Boxing Day, got half an hour got half an hour against Watford, I think, a week before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, played, he's come on as a sub in the last two games. Yeah. I mean, they didn't miss him. It was an awful game of football. Okay, that's how I didn't say much. Uh, every time I watch Burnley play, I just wish they were relegated immediately. <laughs> I heard that Daniel James was playing like Lionel Messi. Uh, now, well, in the highlights I saw, I don't remember seeing him, apart from he played, I think he played a pass in well, for the first goal. Every time he got the ball, he got mercilessly kicked to fuck. Like, okay, he, I like Lionel Messi then. He must have had three or four cynical challenges on him. Um, I think this physio was off a treatment for him three or four times. Like It was just non-stop every time he got the ball he took it past someone and got absolutely hammered by the next brute in the line well he's very easy to defend against isn't he because he's a one trick pony basically well I'll, I'll give him he's got two tricks he's either going to run at you and take you on and sprint past you and get taken out by the next defender or he's going to run down run towards you put his foot on the ball and cut inside and take a shot on his right foot yeah. So I'm not surprised to hear he got a, you know get to that treatment because it's it's how are you gonna how are you gonna get against him? Uh, but yeah, so I saw the board he played. He, he played across for the disallowed goal as well, didn't he? Uh, yeah, um, he's got, he played. A... Yes, he did. So yeah, I, I did. Yeah, but like from what I'd heard on Twitter on my way home, it was it was messy. Like it was like I think he was trending on Twitter, and so I'm, I was expecting some incredible ball and like I think Pereira I think for the one goal Pereira won the ball on the off uh, Daniels gives it to James and James slides it just literally slided it across to yeah. you know nobody there so unless there's something that wasn't shown in the highlights I'm, I'm not sure what all the fuss about Dan James was uh, and interestingly Anthony Martial has scored every time he's played at Turf Moor that's quite the start he's only played there three times still uh, but you know does does uh, Sean Dyche sign him up and uh Put that to the test. I mean, Sean would love to sign up and play him at left back, but still. <laughs> well, I'm my football manager save. I'm three seasons and in the Premier League, and Anthony Martial now plays for Norwich. Wow. Um, so it's possible, I suppose. That's, that's quite the fall from Grace, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, him and uh, Balotelli up front. Uh, Zlatan, if you're interested, he's doing business at uh, uh, the Amex for Brighton. You'd love to see it, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolute madness. Uh, but yeah, Marshall he could have improved his record even more. He uh, had a disallowed goal, uh, and Rashford scored a, a late one. Um, a rare sight in this game, something that doesn't really happen very often. Dave, do you know what it was? What's Just that? before the second goal was scored. Was it Nick Pope skinning Jesse Lingard on the halfway line? And then getting fouled? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Nick, a goalkeeper getting fouled on the halfway oh, line. That was great. I mean, uh, it looked like Pope was going to come off injured in the first half. I don't, I don't know if Match of the Day showed this, but uh, I didn't. I didn't say that. No, he was down injured for a while, and uh, to the point where Joe Hart was like ready to come on. Oh, okay. Oh, um, god. But Could then have been I, worse, I think so. Dyke was just looking at it, going, 
Pope, Pope on one leg or Joe Hart and, and you just decide to leave Pope on one leg but uh, I wondered why everyone was talking about Joe Hart on Twitter yeah. last night uh, okay yeah, but yeah I, I just thought it was weird to see a goalkeeper um, um, fouled on the fucking on the halfway line uh, but yeah Man United got the ball and went and scored uh, shortly after um, it is weird that people are making a big deal about this being Man United's first clean sheet in 14 games it's how far they're falling, isn't it, really? Yeah, but you know they're fifth. Like they're only four points off the top four. Um, had you know had Chelsea lost it, like it looked like they were going to for a long time, um, they would have been within striking distance of that top four. So for all we're mocking them, they're uh, they've somehow hung in there. Yeah, yeah, I saw that they're, they're, they're in and about, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't really got much else to say about the Man United game. So if you saw it, if there, is there anything else? No, I say I, I, Burnley kill any match dead for me. They're, I think they're the only team in the league I don't like watching. Every other team pretty much now has got on the, the point of playing the ball on the deck and you know, it's generally being quite good to watch. Uh, Burnley just have nothing. Nothing I enjoy. Uh, okay, we will come on to Sunday's games then. Uh, not that many of them. Uh, four... Oh, I'm going to have I missed the Saturday game? No, I haven't. Uh, oh, God, do we have to do this? Let's talk about it. Arsenal hosting Chelsea uh, in the Emirates. Mike, Mikel Arteta's first game in charge at the Emirates. Um, okay, let's have a look at my notes because I've, I've fossed them. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, I don't want to talk about this one. Um, Arsenal started off pretty well. Good first half. Uh, slightly changed when um, Callum Chambers had to go off injured, uh, but he'd been involved in the opener. Uh, uh, Aubameyang gave Arsenal the lead of a, a head at early doors. Um, Arsenal looked much better, more aggressive, uh, a lot of closing down. I'll give credit. Aubameyang was fantastic in this game. He seemed to be shifted out on the left with Lacazette through the middle uh, and, and, and played really, really well. Um and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I've seen a lot of people slagging off Mikel Arteta already, which I find ridiculous. He's been in charge for nine days and already had to deal with two games. Uh, um, Chelsea, though, gave away the most fouls in the first half of a Premier League game ever. Really? Which I found really strange. And this game actually produced the most yellow cards this season. Well, firstly, I mean, it was only a few weeks ago Chelsea went through a game giving away no fouls. So... Yeah. Frankie needs to work out the, the balance on that one, doesn't he? But, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it was a very cynical match. There was a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of uh, cynical fouls in there, but um, I thought you were very good for the first half, as you say. Erzul was on another another planet, like yep, really looked really good. Um, and then the second half, it's kind of lost your way a bit, but I think Chelsea grew into the game, didn't they? I mean, they they the, had a tactical change as well. Yeah, I think. Chelsea look better with Jorginho, which again is something I never thought I would say after last season. But mm-hmm. um, without him, I think they struggle to get the ball into the, the front players as much. Well, they probably should have been without him for quite a while. Yeah, I don't understand how he didn't get sent off. Um, for... Apparently, he hadn't been booked earlier on in the game. That was what they were saying at one point. But then they're saying he didn't get booked in the second because the Lacazette got a card, didn't he, as well? There's a lot of confusion about it. Like At one point, I thought he had been booked twice and the referee just let it go. But then I thought, well, surely VAR would uh, would get in. So I've, I've, I've heard two different stories. One, he wasn't actually booked early doors. And then two, he wasn't booked for the, the pullback, which I'm, pro- I'm guessing is the most likely. Well, I remember... But the referee just waved his card around frantically. He did, yeah. I remember the graphic so... came up that said he had eight yellow cards. And I was like, ah, oh, eight already. That's quite a lot. 
<coughs> so, yeah, very odd. Yeah, Tamori um, moved to right back uh, in this game because uh, they were playing three at the back to start with, weren't they, Chelsea? Yes. Uh, and then they switched it, switched it up, and uh, Tamori moved to right back and was absolutely shocking. After all the praise he's had this season, he was completely undone. Abamyang, literally every time Tamori got the ball, Abamyang was on him, and, and this is one thing that surprised me a little bit. So it got so bad they took him off and bought on Lamptey yes. for his for his debut. Some like eighteen year old kid for his debut. Uh, the guy was looked like he's been pulled out of the crash somewhere. The guy is tiny, absolute tiny. Uh, you know, played played fairly well, but I expected Abamyang to hassle him the same way. And he, he didn't. Although, to be fair, Lamps didn't get much of the ball in the same sort of positions. Or when he did get the ball, he was uh, involved in the goal as well, which was more annoying. Um, but yeah, um, more positives. So yeah, second half, Mustafi and uh, Rudiger, I think it was, took a clash of heads. Yes, they did, yeah. Uh, Rudiger had to be bandaged off, which I thought was really strange considering they put the bandage around his head, Terry Butcher style. But if you watch the replay, his jaw was what was connected <laughs> with Mustafi. Uh, so I thought that was really strange. Uh, Mustafi got up uh, and literally spent the next two minutes headering the ball out of his own box. Uh, he did collapse at one point, which was a bit concerning. Mm. But, he, you know, he, he he got up and he absolutely threw himself into everything. I was really impressed with him, which is something I don't think I've said too often. Uh, Gary Neville hates David Luiz. Oh, did yes. you notice this? Yeah, I mean, he is an idiot. David Luiz, did... that is. Like, said... no, David, David Luiz is, but don't get me wrong, right? That Did you see the clearance he made at the end of the first half? Yeah, where he nearly took uh, Candace's head off. Okay, I don't. Oh, no referee in the world's given that as a foul. Oh no, no, because he didn't. He didn't connect with them. But it's just why? Why risk it? Like, why, why did you have to have your foot that high? Well, he's, he's literally just gone to hoof the ball, hasn't he? Which is something that Arsenal haven't done for about four seasons. No, but I mean, the ball. You know? The ball was on the deck. Like he, he kicks it, and his follow through goes like head high. It's just not. You, you... It wasn't natural at all. I'd argue if you see that in on Sunday League, or even as you see that in the Championship, which sometimes is a bit like Sunday League if you watch Leeds United. Um, sorry, Ross. Um, you, the fans would be off their feet clapping for it. It's oh. only because, like, yeah, it's David Luiz, and like Neville would not let it go. No, like at all. And, and like, I, I was quite pleased to see it as an Arsenal fan because it shows. Like, normally he'd take a touch there, try and go around Kante and pass the ball to an opposition player, and then Neville had hammered him for being stupid. It was old-fashioned defending. Yes, his foot came up a bit higher than normal, but it's David Luiz. He does things differently. He does do things very differently. Yeah. It was really strange. But yeah, Chelsea were much better in the second half. Uh, yeah, Jorginho, it was inevitable that he was going to score uh, the equaliser, unfortunately. Um, although, there's nothing we could do about it. Leno just, um, yeah, went all Arsenal goalkeeper on well, us. that's it. He just misjudged it. He's, he's been much better, really, Leno, hasn't he? Than... He's been brilliant. He's, been, he's my player of the season so far. Yeah. I don't care. I, I know Arsenal fans love Aubameyang and, and, and like, will you know, let him impregnate their wives and stuff like that. I would hate to see the table where we were without Leno. Mm. It has been phenomenal. I mean, you must take some positives out of the way you played under our team. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we were really, really good. You know, obviously we conceded the equaliser, and then okay, we conceded the equaliser with like seven minutes to go, plus a bit of injury time and whatever. But the reason we conceded the second goal is because we went for it. Mm. We pushed up. We, you know, we're playing with our fifth choice centre back in the team. We've got. Uh, I don't even know what Saka is because he's. I don't think he's very good, and we're playing him at left back. <laughs> and he, he got hammered against Bournemouth for being terrible. Uh, he he was better in this game. He curbed his attacking instincts because in Bournemouth he was constantly going forward and playing Theo Walcott star balls 
the to the opposition, and he curbed that a lot in this game. He, you know, he he looked slightly better defensively, but he's not a left back, and he was exposed. And we went forward chasing a late winner uh, and stuff like that, which we've we've had to do a few times. And Chelsea, fair play to Chelsea, they caught us on the break and they were really good. Um, but to say, you find me a Chelsea fan who thinks who thinks that Chelsea deserve to win that game. Nah, well, and that that's the thing. So that that's an yeah that's an improvement straight away yeah definitely um, but yeah a lot of, a lot of positives to take uh, and stuff like that but I've I've already seen Arsenal fans saying nope yeah, not happy that's a ridiculous way to look at it I mean had it been the other way around if you'd played poorly like Chelsea did uh, but gone on to win would you be any happier long term I don't know well it's like, it, I, I know it's, I know it's you a get the three business. points in it but to 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 see us you know the way Aubameyang was hustling for the ball and stuff like that you know we were we we led that game for, like we, we were winning one 0 to the eighty third minute and we got undone by a goal that you know was from a, an individual error which is nothing you can account for scored by a player who shouldn't have been off the, on the pitch in the first place. You know, and, and, and had Jorginho been sent off, one, okay, would he have equalised? And two, would Chelsea have gone on to win the game? Because I think they just shut up shop as well. So, well, yeah, true. You know, yeah, we, we, we weren't great in the in in the second half, but Chelsea were much better. Chelsea, Chelsea, and, and, and as, as soon as Chelsea went 2-1 up, they looked a completely different team. Like, they, they've got this swagger when, they, when they're winning. Mm. It, 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 it's really, really strange. And it was... It was it's said that Chelsea got a lot of bookings in this game. Uh, one because the referee was fucking awful, um, but Mason Mount, like I always thought he was like that kind of luxury player and stuff like that. But he's he's a nasty shit. Well, he puts himself about like oh, yeah. yeah, he does. He, he gets in there amongst it, you know. And yeah, he's he's a nasty. You know, I can see why he's getting in the England team ahead of the likes of Madison and stuff like that. Because yeah, you know, he throws himself. He's not afraid, you know, to to have a dig no. and stuff like that. So yeah, I, 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 you know, I've said a few times I've been quite impressed with Chelsea under 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 Frank Lampard, uh, and I think just because they're. Um, just because Chelsea have been poor at times this in the last few weeks and stuff, I think that's added to the Arsenal fans not being happy, if you know what I mean, because then Chelsea were poor in the first half, so they, they don't see that they improved in the second half, and, and Chelsea currently are a better team than us, you know, there's no arguments, you know, we're in the bottom half of the table, and that, that they could have gone fourth, yeah. if, they, if they'd have won, so yeah, and but there's there's definitely an improvement in the way we're playing, there's more heart, you know, and Arteta's come out multiple times and says he wants that passion, and he's come out and said he was happy with the display. You know, and he wants that sort of passion from players. And anyone who doesn't want to put that passion in will go. You know, Oatsil was fucking was was hassling the goalkeeper when he got the ball. You know, he, he's he's you know he's he's closing people down. He's trying to win tackles and stuff like that. Which again, something we haven't seen from him. You know, so something's working. You know, so and that's after nine days. So we'll see. I don't I don't imagine we'll get into the top four this season at all. Um, I, I think that's that's way too good. I think we're as close to the bottom three as we are uh, the top four. Uh, but we're not going to get relegated. It's just going to be a, a transitional season. The only the only uh, spanner in the works I could see potentially is uh, um, Arteta does well. I've heard rumours that Barcelona are watching him in case they get rid of Valverde at the end of the season. Right. Um, but the I think the risk will always be um, should. Um, Oh, hang on a minute. I think I've just noticed that I don't think this is recording properly. Are you recording? Yeah. Excellent. Uh, phew. Um, the danger is that if Guardiola goes for Man City, I wonder if that would turn his head. Or do you think he'd go back there? Potentially. 
it, you know, you, you, it must have been discussed with him at times. You know, this is this could be you next, uh, and whatever. So it, it depends on how, on how much of a mark he makes. Obviously, if we if we we show improvement and he looks like he's you know making his mark on the team uh, towards the end of the season and he's getting players that he wants to bring into the club, uh, then we'll see. But yeah. That uh, that could be that's the one danger I, I do foresee that if Guardiola goes at some point, Arteta could be like, "Well, see you later," yeah. uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I was pleased and say, and, and and I think Frank Lampard's come out and said he was, you know, for, they were fortunate to win and stuff like that. But well, see how it goes. We've got Man United in the week. That'll be good. Uh, that'll be a, an interesting one. Uh, on to the other two o'clock game then. Uh, well, hang on, no, it wasn't two o'clock, was it? It was at four o'clock, four thirty. It's yeah. three games at different times on Sunday. Completely throw me. Uh, Liverpool, uh, the champions of the Premier League for 2019-2020, uh, beat Wolverhampton Wanderers, who were challenging for fifth going into this game, uh, thanks to a goal from VAR. Oh, Sadio Mane. Sorry. Hmm. Um, yeah, Virgil Van Dijk handball in the opener. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the majors in this already, but um, I thought Wolves were very unlucky not to come away from this game with at least a point. Yeah, disallowed goal as well. Or John, we mentioned it earlier on. Uh, Johnny Otto's fingers were offside, which I think is absolutely shocking. I, I, I don't get it. No, I don't either. They just seem to be going out their way to try and disallow goals. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure he was, must have been a two offside or something as well as his fingers, but... Um, it's just, it's not what it's all about, is it? Oh, but seriously, look at it. It was his fingers. Uh-huh. It was his fingers. Like, the, even the the lines, you know, the lovely lines that they love drawing. Uh-huh. They must have gone on courses to draw these fucking lines. It was the only part of him that was offside. And as soon as I saw that, I'd literally just turned the game on. Um, And I saw that. And that's when I put in the group chat, if they disallow that goal, I'm done with football. Yeah. All I, I saw the hand over the line. I was like, "Nah, they're not. They're going to they're give it great. It's a good game of football," and they did it. And from I say, I didn't watch much more of this game then because I was like, "Do you know what? I've had enough." Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I did see, Wolves looked pretty good. Yeah, even with all the changes, they were uh, were very good. They were lucky, really, not to uh, not to obviously the goal that got disallowed, but they had a few good chances towards the end. Um, yeah, I think Wolves have really rewritten the form book in terms of clubs who get in the Europa League and then usually the, the league form nosedives we all get told how hard it is to compete twice a week um, Wolves have been brilliant um, and they've, they've not made tons of changes every week either mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say uh, Troy and Jimenez came off the bench Yeah, I mean I guess I think Jimenez has started every game for them this season so he, was, he had to rest eventually Um but uh, Traore is on another level at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I say, but they, they say they look, they looked really, really good. Um, they had three shots at, at Liverpool in injury time as well. So it shows that you know they, they keep plugging away. I say, and yeah, Traore when he came on, absolutely fantastic. You know, I, I, I was very impressed with with him from 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 the bits that I saw. Yeah, I think it'll be a big year for him because he, he got in the Spain squad um, despite also getting in the Mali squad. I don't know if he's picked Spain now, but obviously with the Euros coming up, he'll he'll, he'll want to go to them uh, if he does choose Spain. And, uh, you know, he'd be a nice uh, wild card to have off the bench. Yeah, 
I saw a picture of the other day that was posted. I think this was after the Man City game on Friday. Uh, it was a picture of um, of him when he came on for Neymar, I think it was, on his Barcelona debut. Oh, yeah. And he looks completely different. Huh. Considering he's not that old now, he's, 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 he's still like 20-something oh, yeah. and whatever. Um, but yeah, um, he look, He doesn't look like the, the, the WWE wrestler that he is now. Yeah. Uh, and while we're talking about WWE wrestlers, have you heard about Wolf's latest edition? No. Have you not heard about it? So Wolves have today announced that they, they've appointed a new member of staff. Um, and it's um, Sin Cara, the oh, WWE wrestler. He's left the WWE uh, and he is going under a new name, which I, I don't know. But apparently he can't wrestle for anyone else until March. So in the meantime, he's Wolves' like international development manager. Right. So I'm guessing he's just some kind of representative in Mexico to be like, oh, look, Raul Jimenez plays for for Wolves. Let's sell Wolves shirts in Mexico. Because huh. uh, obviously they got the whole deal where he made the Wolves, um, the Wolves, uh, what's it, wrestling mask? I can't oh, remember. Right. Uh, yes. yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. And he's turned up at a few Wolves games this season. But yeah, he's actually an official member of the Wolves staff. Well, there you go. So, uh, so in the next update to Football Manager, you could... Uh, you could have Sin Cara as one of your technical directors. Bloody hell. Yeah, uh, madness. Uh, but yeah, Liverpool, I guess, I, they played so well against um, you know Leicester earlier on over Christmas and stuff like that. And then, yeah, Wolves literally seem to, you know, you know give them, give them a run in. Um, it's just unfortunate. So we, we've said this a few times now, and I don't want to feel like I'm digging on Liverpool all the time, but they've had a few... I know that VAR league thing says otherwise and stuff, but they've had quite a few gifts this season, haven't they? They have. Uh, like I said, they got their goal off AR as well, rightly or wrongly. Um, yeah. I don't know, Chris. It's um, it does it take does it take the gloss off it? You know, I've seen people say that if Liverpool win the league this season, that it won't feel like they've won the league because everyone else has been so bad. And I'm pretty sure that won't. Help. Liverpool fans will not feel that at all. They will just be yo on the 30 after the 38th game of the season, we were top of the league because I've seen how they've reacted to being world champions, which is I didn't even know that was it. That's not a thing, is it? <laughs> uh, but you know, and and the fact that they kicked off so much to have a little gold badge displayed on their uh, on their shirt for this game, Jesus. Um, but yeah, Liverpool fans won't. See, uh, surely they won't see it that way. They won't feel like they haven't won the league. No. Because, because Man City have had a bad season, you know, and and, and Leicester are, are fell away. You know, I think they're thirteen points clear at the moment of a game in hand, and so all they will see is that they've won the league. No, exactly. It's been the same. You know, it's been the same for everybody. It, you know, uh, and um, is it just fans of other clubs trying to, you know, trying to discredit in a little way? Oh, definitely. I, I'm guessing it is because I say Liverpool fans, they are quite possibly the most loyal and, you know, fans in in the league, and and, and they back their club regardless. You know, Liverpool could go out and lose every game of the season five nil, um, no, and you know, and not win the league, and I'm sure their fans wouldn't turn on Klopp at the way that you know. Arsenal fans turn on Arteta yeah. after two draws uh, and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, but we, we will see. Um, but yeah, what, anything else you want to say about the game? You make anything more of it? No, it was it was quite a quite a dull game actually. After after all the VR nonsense was was taken away, uh, it just looked like two teams who were pretty tired. To be quite honest with you. Uh, yeah, so I, I think everyone plays on. Um, Everyone plays on New Year's Day again, though, don't they? Yeah, everybody plays. Uh, yeah, Wednesday, that's right, yeah. 
Uh, right, we'll go to the last game of the weekend then. Manchester City hosted Sheffield United at the Emtihad. Um, obviously, we haven't seen much of this game because, one, for some reason, it wasn't on TV. Uh, and two, because um, for, for some reason, and two, it, it's been on while we've been recording. Uh, VAR got involved again. Uh, Moussa had a goal disallowed by VAR uh, for daring to have an armpit, is probably the best way to put it. Um uh, but yeah, and then Aguero opened the scoring in the second half uh, after the... I think it was in the second half anyway. After the... Uh, it looked like the... Oh, it was in the first half, sorry. It was just at the end of the first half. It generally looked like the the ball had hit the referee uh, and, and, and gone gone to a player. He then played Aguero in to smash it into the net. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, it hadn't... I think they showed... The stream I was watching, they showed at halftime that the um, a Sheffield United player had actually put his foot between the referee's legs. And, and played the ball away, uh, so they've outdone themselves there. Obviously, Chris Wilder didn't see that at the time, uh, so he was really unhappy about it. Um, uh, but yeah, and then uh, who was it who scored the second? Oh, Kevin De Bruyne then put home a second in the uh, late late in the game to, to seal the win. That's, that's about all I can say about it, really. Yeah, I've not seen any of this. Um, I didn't have a stream, but like you did, so um, it's a shame for Sheffield United if they've played well and been done over with by VAR again, but. Uh, they're not really getting the rub of the green with it, other. Nah, not at all. Uh, I say, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it then. I say, Musa. I, I say, from what I saw, it was it was fractional again. One of these offsides where they got their little line pens out and stuff like that. But um, but yeah. The big question is, are we doing one next weekend to talk about the FA Cup third round? Oh, uh, I, I haven't made my mind up yet. Yeah. We probably should. Uh, but I'll have, I remember last year we discussed this. The games were all over the place. Oh yeah, um, the, the kickoff times will make even less sense than today. But you know, still. Great. I say because I imagine ten of them will be in Well, oh yeah, because they do that thing now where they split it between Saturday and Sunday, don't they? Yeah, and, and stuff. <laughs> and they show them all around the world and stuff like because it's the Bud. Is it still the Budweiser FA Cup? I think so. And stuff like that, but yeah, but yeah, we'll see. I say we've missed a couple of weeks over Christmas for for reasons as well. So uh, hopefully this will make its way onto the internet, and then we can we can go from there. Obviously, if we if we're in a position where we can't upload the show, then we'll have to review it and stuff. But we shall see. All right, good stuff. I feel like I flaked at the end of this. No, I've been on for a while. It's because it's I hate football. Well, that's it. Like I, I hate after, after this weekend, I absolutely hate it. <laughs> like VAR. Can, can can yeah can do one like we should put, maybe get a man on the post VAR show where we review oh that'd have to be a video thing though wouldn't it where we could all draw our little lines and, and, and stuff like that but we shall see uh, yes I didn't realise the FA Cup was actually next weekend because I know some weeks they've pushed it a little back into January and stuff like that oh god I can't remember who Arsenal have got Oh Leeds! No, we're not recording. <laughs> I'm not having Ross we're come never on. Recording ever again. Yeah, I'm not having Ross come on and 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 just literally lay into me about how Leeds have smashed Arsenal. Oh God, no, that would be awful. Uh, anything you want? Please pimp all your stuff, sir. Uh, just uh, I'll be on Twitter uh, at cm9798, uh, and the website is cm9798.co.uk. Excellent. You can find us at Man on the Post on Twitter. Um, as I hopefully. 
suppose you, if you get to hear this, I think Yossi's going to put it on YouTube anyway. But if you get to hear this, hopefully it'll be back arriving in your in your subscription boxes on your podcast device uh, of choice. So yeah, sorry for you know missing a few weeks and stuff like that, especially over this busy period and stuff like that because it's going to feel like there's as I said there's gaps in games now where you've gone suddenly we've gone from reviewing fourteen games to reviewing seventeen, eighteen, nineteen games. I think this was match day twenty. Yeah, yeah, right. And stuff like that. So yeah, games are coming thick and fast. Uh, isn't there a weird winter break thing happening soon? In February, they split the games across two weeks. Oh, it's February. So... I couldn't. I couldn't remember yeah. when it was. Uh... But, I mean, I'm in the season in football manager at the moment where the the, the Qatar World Cup's taking place, and my, I, I got really strange when my pre-season ended at the beginning of July, and then I, and I was playing, playing the Community Shield on the third of July, and I was like, "Is the game broken?" <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it was really weird. Uh, so yeah that's it then uh, thank you very much for joining me sir no thank you nice to be back and uh, I'll let you deal with the recording as I've botched it I won't hide it Ross, like, Ross can take this out wherever he wants but yeah <laughs> my, I was having a nightmare before we started recording and I literally just noticed like why isn't that changed and it yeah so thank god Dave is a lifesaver has nobody be hearing this alright uh, so yeah that is it from us uh, we'll be back next week hopefully with the FA Cup review and always remember to keep your man on the post <laughs> <laughs>